this one agent was kind of shady and he was notorious for it. And I didn't know any better, but he had me like put that I was on Saved by the Bell on my resume and Battlestar Galactic or whatever that show was called. I'm like, I, I never did these shows. He goes, don't worry about it. Those casting directors are dead or retired. If you've got something, let it rip. I'm never gonna do this again. Everybody grapples with this idea that you're really a fraud. Like I'm alive. And that's when it clicked with me. I thought these are not superheroes. These are just men that can do super things. This is Matt Del Negro, and you are listening to the new Stripped Down 10,000 Nose. Got another great episode for you today. This one was pulled from one of our 10,000 Nose Insiders Communities monthly VIP industry guest Zooms. Uh, we do a Zoom every week with me, and then every month I bring in someone like today's guest, Pej Vadat. Pej and I overlapped on City on a Hill. He was shooting that opposite Kevin Bacon when he was simultaneously doing The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. He was also doing Dynasty. He talks a little bit about that and the ebbs and flows of a career, how you can kind of get into a little flow of three jobs and then all of a sudden you can get into a valley and the mindset involved in that. He's got some great stories. It's just a reminder that even though a career can look really good right now, at some point that person was struggling, which is the whole point of 10,000 No's. Pej is warm, he's humble, he's honest, he tells it like it is, and hopefully he's gonna be a reminder to you that if you are currently in a valley, keep your head up, keep your hopes up, and know that others have gone through the struggles just like you are right now. Hopefully this is gonna give you some inspiration. Here it is, Pej Vidat. What we do here is go back, 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 back. I think I was 24 years old. I could not get an agent, a legit agent, to sign me. Like, I went through terrible agencies that, you know, I mean, God bless them, they gave me a shot, but it was like, you know, I would get a co-star audition every six months kind of thing. And then this one agent was kind of shady and he was notorious for it. And I didn't know any better, but he had me like put that I was on Saved by the Bell on my resume and... Battlestar Galactic or whatever that show was called. I'm like, I, I never did these shows. He goes, don't worry about it. Those casting directors are dead or retired. We just need you to have something on your resume. And I was mortified, but I That's didn't know funny. what else to do. But every time I booked something, I would erase something, you know, and put something legit. I got a job through that guy and the casting director of that job pulled me aside. He goes, hey, you need to cut that guy off because you're going to get blacklisted in this town and you're too talented to be blacklisted. You need to get rid of him. And I was like, what? I didn't know. You know, I was so naive. So immediately I send this like letter to the guy, you're, uh, you know, something kind. I was like, oh, you're too big for me. Some bullshit like that. But then I'm, you know, six, seven months, no agency. And I'm selling aircraft parts every day with no agency, no, no, no auditions, no nothing. Other than the things I'm getting on Actors Access on my own. And my buddy was an actor as well. And he goes, you know what we could do? If we could get 5,000 bucks somehow, both broke, we could start our own SAG franchise agency. And we could start submitting ourselves, like legit. I was like, oh my God. So I called my best friend on the planet. I'm like, hey, and he has some money. I'm like, hey, can I borrow 5,000 bucks? And at the time I had like some turbine deal that was about to go through that could cover it, like could cover a little bit of it. He's like, yeah, absolutely. 
gives it to me immediately without question. And we started this agency called Sasco Hill and Associates. It's still on IMDb. And uh, when I was selling aircraft parts, I changed my name to Jason Vaughn because a commercial agent who signed me at the time would said, oh, your, your name is too ethnic and we won't get you auditions enough if you don't, if you have such an ethnic name. So we came up with that name. I use that for selling aircraft parts because, you know, unfortunately no one's going to buy aircraft parts from Petrodot. And the commercial agency, I didn't care because my whole thing about my name was important to me on theatrical stuff because, you know, your name pops up when you're at your credits. And I wanted my father, who gave up his whole life, to come to this country to see his name in life. And I would never compromise that. But for commercials, whatever. I'm just getting more auditions. I don't care. I did it. So that's where Jason Vaughn came in. Yeah, I would, I would be calling every day, submit myself, and then I'd pitch myself all day long while I was selling aircraft parts. That's where it started. And I got a movie and took that movie and took the 10% to a legit agent, like a little better agency. And I just kept doing it until I got with Talent Wars, where I'm not been with for a lot a long time now so yeah it was was a struggle i I mean it was brutal i have a similar thing of that that whole thing of putting things on a reel that were horrible and then gradually getting rid of a terrible thing and putting something better and all the time over the years i still found i found actually a bunch of old vhs tapes and sent them away to legacy box which is like they Uh digitize stuff so i have a couple of versions of my old reels it's pretty funny you could see like where i'm gradually discarding the worst stuff and putting a little bit better a little bit better (laughs) same thing with the resume same thing with the agents where it was like oh yeah you know you're kind of like you're continuing to progress and progress but what you did i mean did you have some type of business background or just natural business acumen because it feels like that's a pretty sophisticated thing to do or is not does it just sound i think no i mean i think the guy who was doing it with me he was more of a business guy mine was just like i have no other options this is all i want to do in my life and I'll do whatever it takes, barring anything, you know, illegal, obviously. I just didn't have any options. And I was, I was all, and to this day, I always look for solutions, even like when I'm going through a rough patch or whatever. Okay, what is happening here? Why, you know, I I don't subscribe to the thing like, oh, well, just wait it out or whatever. I got to find a solution. And so that was a solution immediately. I was like, oh, we could submit ourselves. Let's do it. Boom, let's get the five grand. We'll figure it out. And I think when, when you asked my mindset at that time, I, I was in that mindset, like, is this ever going to happen for me? All my buddies are like getting guest stars and series and I, I'm selling aircraft parts. I have two co-stars on my resume and I can't fucking get in a room. It was a really scary time. I'll never forget how much doubt I had. It was just a matter of, my dad always used to say, it's like, it's, it's not a matter of when or how, it just is. It's going to happen. It's just sooner or later, you just got to keep going. That's how I look at it. Last year, you had that kind of three pretty cool projects all lined up together. City on a Hill, The mm-hmm. Old Man, Dynasty. Has that been something that's happened for you in the past where you've been streaky, like one thing happens and then it's kind of like rapid fire? Did those all come into your life at the same time or did they just air at the same time? I'm just curious if you find that ebb and flow and like where you are in your mind that maybe ends up manifesting that. The old man happened about a year prior, but then we came because Jeff Bridges got sick. He got cancer. We stopped shooting for about a year. And then I happened to get, I was going through a real like drought because I was waiting on that show to come back. And I think my mind was stuck on that show. And that's probably why I was like not, manifesting like I, I'm a big believer in that so I was probably not manifesting enough 
things new. And then I started thinking about, okay, whoa, whoa, you, you got to put that away. I don't even know if that's coming back. Let's just chill out and let's like move forward. And then I got City on a Hill and then I got Dynasty like back to back at the same time. And what I noticed at the time, which I was like really that really made me feel because I had been on a couple of shows at the same time, luckily uh, a few times in my career. But this time was different where both shows really worked around each other to make me uh, available for them. It was strange. I've never had that before where they were jumping through hoops for me to be on the show. And that made me feel like, whoa, this is kind of cool, you know. So uh, that's the one thing I noticed that was different this time. The other times were like, well, we can't make it work. You know, sorry. Yeah. You know, actually that just happened to me last week. Where you couldn't do something you know, because of a conflict. Yeah. I booked a pretty big reeker on a show on NBC and the old man I'm shooting now, there was one day they couldn't make work for that. But I know, it's frustrating. I it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But I look at it like, oh, the way my mindset is now is I hadn't worked for NBC for a couple of years and they just approved me for a big role. That's nice. I'm too busy to be on their show. That's nice. And my bosses on the show are so great that they gave me a raise because I couldn't do that show. That's cool. Let's talk about your bosses on The Old Man. First of all, for anybody listening, I my wife and I just started watching this because I knew I was going to be talking with Pej today and I hadn't seen it. I love Jeff Bridges. John Lithgow is amazing. But I mean, I would say I'm a real Jeff Bridges fan. I mean, I have his book. I, I just love, I've always loved his style of acting. The show is incredible. It's incredibly written. It's it's incredibly directed. I love their, their storytelling, how they'll flash back and see something from a different angle. It's really cool. You play a part that's really kind of the catalyst in the backstory of the entire show. And you have shared with me that these, these showrunners are just the coolest people. Tell us a little bit yeah. about your experience with them and how they've... Yeah, so these two guys, John Steinberg and Dan Schatz, are co-showrunners. John is the writer, really, and Dan runs the show. And from the beginning, we about, jumped on a Zoom when I finally closed and got the job and just talked for an hour about the character and the show and what I thought. I've never had that before. It's usually like show up, do your job and go home. And these guys were just so collaborative. Even when we were going through anything on set, he would come to my trailer and tell me what was happening. You know, as an actor, you're usually in the dark. They just like, we'll tell you whatever. You just sit tight, you know? These guys, to this day, are friends of mine. Like, it's weird for me to say that. I respect and lo love all the showrunners work with, but I've never had a friendship with them outside of work. And these two, one of the things they did, I don't know if you've seen the guy, his name is Kenneth Mitchell. He's in a wheelchair. He's with my FBI. managers. I've known Ken, Ken for a while. He's with my managers. Right. At, me too, as well. I've known him for a minute. And you know, he has ALS and um, they found out and they're good friends with, they did Jericho with him years ago. And Kenneth couldn't get his insurance because he wasn't able to audition and get work. Well, John and Dan wrote him this part on this show so that he reaches his insurance. Amazing. And it's a really good role and he kills it. Yeah. That's the kind of people they are. They're just, they got rid of an actress because she was a diva. They're like, we don't have time for that. Bye. If Jeff Bridges is on time doing his lines, saying nothing and just doing his work, who the hell are you? We're having way too much fun. We don't need any toxicity. You're out. I feel like it bleeds into the show because every performance is so 
good uh, and the writing is so good. I love hearing that, that, that it's a happy yeah. set. And I find a lot of times, oh, you best. know, some of the best shows do. There are other times where you could have a toxic set that's, that's good, sure. but you and I were lucky with City on a Hill, Kevin Bacon oh, yeah. and oh, Tom God, Fontana. You know, these guys are, when number one on the call sheet is that cool and generous and professional, yeah. it makes it that much better for everybody. And I would imagine Jeff Bridges is, is the same. Sounds like he is. Oh, he's, he's incredible. One of the greatest living actors on the planet. And he's just telling me the most mundane things about life that he worries about. I'm like, oh my God. It yeah. just is nice. You know, you always put people like they're superheroes or something, but he was, he's a good dude. He's a really well, good dude. And you had the experience on City on a Hill that really all of your stuff was with Kevin. His character had power over you, but you kind of had power of jurisdiction over him. So there was mm -hmm. like a real uh, edge. What was your experience like on that? I mean, day one, did you come in intimidated? I was so nervous. I was so nervous because like I said, I had gone through, I mean, it sounds spoiled, I guess, you know, when you say you're in a drought, you know, we know real droughts. I mean, it wasn't like that, but I, for me, I was feeling it. This was the first job I had gotten for a, for a little while. And it's all with Kevin Bacon, who I love and respect. And I think he's fantastic. So I was very nervous. And um, I was also nervous that I hoped he wasn't going to ruin my fandom by being a jerk. You know, I'm always worried about that. But he was the best so collaborative so sweet it was just such a great experience and he was so welcoming everybody on that set was so welcome so I, I got really lucky there and i just love watching him work i just fascinated by his process seeing him yeah. transform into jackie and um, i learned quite a bit from him he, he's a, yeah. and he gave me a lot of advice because he saw that the old man at the time the old man was about to come out at like the tail end of our season when we were shooting and he was giving me advice about press because this is all new to me i've never had a show like this he was great he was really sweet have you ever had any periods where you've desired to kind of collaborate with friends because one of the things on the insiders community that we talk about is just how can you be a self-starter and oh yes create your own opportunities which it sounds like you're doing with the hallmark movie which is the biggest like i did not i would not have guessed that you were going to tell me you love hallmark movies um, it's so corny and i just I, coming home after doing a show like that every day you're like i just got to see something that's nonsense so i'll watch like this and i laugh at it because it's so bad the, the production's so bad the writing is so bad so like i just think it's hilarious but i actually wanted to do a good one and i, I think we got one that's pretty decent but um actually one thing we do a bunch of friends of mine and i do is we'll read a play together like when things are slow we'll get around the table and pick a play and go which i absolutely love doing another thing is a lot of my friends um i don't know if you know who tracy toms is she's she was in rent and she's a very successful actress but she has a house that she specifically bought for artists to come and collaborate at her house. So like, she'll have table reads at her house. We'll shoot short films at her house. It's like the biggest little weird artist community. It feels you when things aren't going great. It's nice to have a community like that. It's a very lonely business. That's why 10,000 No's for me was so huge to know I'm not alone, you know? Oh, this guy's story is very similar. Everyone's going through something. Sometimes in LA, especially, maybe not in New York. Cause when I'm in New York, I love it. And I don't feel this way. In LA, you're always seeing a billboard or, you know, some BS everywhere that someone's doing something and you're not doing jack shit. And it's like, it gives you so much anxiety, you know, you could get caught up in the whole deadline thing of, a, of the business, you know? Yeah.
along those lines, when you start to veer into that comparison, that anxiety, I have the same thing happens to me. What is it that brings you back to your center? This is, as we've said, it's kind of a crazy journey. There's got to mm -hmm. be a reason to sign up for it. And it's got to be a very strong reason because it, it mm -hmm. is so uncertain. For you, what is that thing that kind of keeps you centered and keeps you from throwing in the towel when you are in those valleys? What 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 yeah. is the love for you? Is it the actual acting? Is it storytelling in general? Is it for me? It's the actual acting. I love acting more than anything. I I mean, even like to this day, you know, some people say, well, "Why aren't you getting offers?" Okay, we could go down that route, sure. But I love auditions. I love auditions because it gives me a chance to act and to prepare a scene and get into a character. I, it, it, and that's when I realized, like, after doing this for almost 20 years now, it's still something I absolutely love. And I know so many of those guys I was telling you about when, in the beginning that are still doing it, but they're miserable. And they're like, oh, God, I'm not even going to memorize these sides. This is bullshit. And, that, and they're so bitter. And I'm just like, well, why the hell are you still doing this? You know, when I get an audition to this day, I, still, I go, oh, yes, thank you so much. Maybe because in the beginning, it was so far and few between. I'm still in that mindset of gratitude for every opportunity, even though I get a lot more now. So for me, I realize how much I love the actual, not the business, just the actual art of acting to me is like therapeutic. So it's something I enjoy immensely and I want to do for the rest of my life. That's what fuels me. When I do the comparison thing, well, I used to do it quite a bit more. I've gotten to a point where just realizing like, that's bullshit. Like it's so cliche, but everyone has their own journey. And the one thing I realized, I remember in the beginning, I would say, oh man, whoever gets this part is going to blow up. Oh shit. You know, like that kind of pressure. Then you look back and you're like, literally maybe one of those things blew up. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And that was Riz Ahmed. And that was like a movie back in the, like so long ago. But every other thing is like, what happened to that project? Oh, it came and went. So you put less pressure on yourself. You're like, whatever, man, who cares? Whoever's going to get it is going to get it. If it's not yours, it's not yours. What's for you won't get by you. And these cliche comments, but they're, they're real. That, that is real. It's just based off experience. You realize my journey is so different than your journey. And you have really successful friends that are up here. And then you see, oh shit, they're kind of coming. It's like such a, such a roller coaster, no matter where you're at. So that kind of takes the pressure off. And if you're in it for the whole, for the long run, then who cares? You know, just, you know, everyone has their moment. That's it. I hope you enjoyed Pej. I think he's just a great guy. Uh, I only decided to air the first part of his interview. That went on for a while more. We did a Q&A. There was so much good stuff in the back end of it that at some point I'll probably pull some more uh, quotes for you and put it out as a different episode. You notice that at the end there, Pej was talking about his community of artists, how he and his friend went to his friend Tracy Tom's house and she had created this place where people did readings of plays and all of this. And that's really what you need is a community. And that is the whole thought that was behind 10,000 No's. Just to know that even though you're going through it right now, there's an army of people out there just like you that have gone through the same struggles and you're not alone you don't have to give up hope to that end we also created the 10,000 knows insiders community in 2021 that is what this was ripped from this was from one of the monthly vip sessions 
we do also every Monday for an hour. I get on, it's a very intimate Zoom, and the members, they pay only 77 bucks a month. It's something that I, I created because I wanted it. The people that really need it, who are in the beginning of their career, I figured that is a price that people can afford. It gets you a lot of time. It gets you four full hours. It gets you access to a private Facebook group so you can collaborate with other members who come from all around the world. We've got people in the UK, Canada, all over the US. It's really an awesome community. People put scripts in there, people collaborate, people encourage. I'm always encouraging people to write, to make their own luck. We talk about the ups and downs, the, the mindset strategies, all the stuff you hear on this show. So check that out and also know that just this past Saturday, we did a one day on camera workshop in New York City. We called it Let's Shoot the Rehearsal Light. It was based on our Let's Shoot the Rehearsal weekend intensive on-camera retreat that we've done in the last, uh, I don't know, six months. We're going to do a fourth one. We're looking at dates, hopefully early February. New York City, it is an awesome weekend. We tailor make scripts for you based on these intake questionnaires. I write scenes for you. We do pre-event Zoom so you can work with your scene partner. You get a full day in the studio. That's also on camera. You get color corrected, raw footage that's not edited from that day. We do a rooftop extravaganza in Midtown Manhattan, although in the winter we'll probably do it inside. And then on Sunday we do a shoot and we shoot in this awesome restaurant bar. It's all on pro gear, it's cinematic lenses, it's lighting, it's lit by someone who is actually a DP. It looks amazing, it gets edited. It's a full all-inclusive weekend. So be on the lookout for that. If you're not following me on Instagram already, do so. I'm at Maddie Dell on Instagram. And you can also email info at 10,000nose.com. Ask any questions. Check it out. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here. If you dug this, please tell your friends about it. Share it on social. And if you want to go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review, we'd love that too. All right. We'll see you next week.